and this and this and this and this is Tofen Beam for the TB test. Test, 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 test. What's good, son? Good son, it's your boy Tofe Dog back here with another episode of the TV test. And before I toss it to my co-host Nick Beam, I got one thing to say: Colin Morikawa, excuse me while I go take shower. Let's go, <laughs> Beam. Morikawa, damn. Oh dude. my goodness, I think just getting straight into it. How about that PGA Championship this last weekend? Holy shit, Bob, what a golf tournament. Yeah, that was, dude, what a golf tournament, like you said. Awesome venue, nearby me. Everyone fucking studded out. Leaderboard was stacked. More Kawa came through. It was a killer, dude. Closer. Closing time, semi-sonic. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, and the reason we're so pumped about that is first major of the year. My one-and-done pick, Colin Morikawa, gets it done. If you're not familiar uh morikawa shot a actually major record 65 5 under par 64 6 under par on saturday and sunday to swoop in and take the pga championship at the age of 23 youngest major winner since was it tiger woods back in 97 yeah maybe maybe spieth but yeah some crazy shit like that yeah uh golf is life 69 we always say it but holy shit this last weekend, Sunday afternoon, you had seven guys tied for the lead on the back nine. Beam, I know you didn't get to see it live, but when you got to catch up, like who would you have predicted would have came out on top? Would you have picked Colin? Uh, well, you know, I will say I was riding the heater of our five of the last seven PGA winners, so I did have faith in Colin. Dude's a stud, killer, local boy, but... I didn't see him pulling it out on Sunday with such a stacked leaderboard. A um, couple of guys, I thought DeShambo had a shot early. He yeah, just he he's on a mission. Um, Paul Casey, the veteran experience, kind of getting it done, like Sergio did at Augusta a few years back. But damn, Morikawa came through. Chip, chip in. The chip in was huge, and then. I mean, we got to talk a little bit about that drive on 16. Drivable par 4. Um, Colin was really the only guy in the mix that is not super long off the tee. If you looked at the leaderboard, it was a bomber's paradise. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it kind of worked his advantage on that 16th hole. He's, he said, you know, he was able to pull driver on it when other guys couldn't do that. And they were hitting irons and woods into the drivable par 4. And so... Dude yep. stuck it to seven feet for the big bird, and that was it. That was all she wrote. Costco chicken bake wrap. <laughs> Wrapped it up like a hot tortilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More but, power, uh, dude. Stud. I had to start off with that, but beam, I think I buried the lead. Uh, how about you tell the people about our interview with our guest on this week's TV test? Yes, sir. More Kawa stud uh, interviewed. We took a couple about a week ago now actually 
about it a week um, ago. Week ago. A um, CEO of the brand Caffeine and Kilos lifestyle brand, Danny Lear. Um, it's a you know mostly known being a CrossFit brand, but yeah, he also owns his own gym out in. And Mexico. he's a two hundred nine hog for business. Two hundred nine hog for sure. Um, yeah, so and he's also a gold medalist Team USA weightlifter. So stud, I was happy we got him on the phone. Hog. We didn't get him on the phone on the uh, Google Hangouts, but yeah, stud. It was uh, fun to talk to, and he just kind of shed some light on entrepreneur lifestyle perspective so check it out all right our next guest to the tb test is a team usa weightlifter and recent gold medalist co-owner of excel health and fitness in manteca california repping the 209 and a founder and ceo of fitness and lifestyle brand caffeine and kilos danny lear how you doing man i'm doing fucking fantastic after that intro oh yeah i knew we gotta pump you up you know I just want the recording of that, and then I'll just send it to my wife every couple days. You know what I mean? Just kind of... <laughs> just give her a reminder. Just, yeah, you know what I mean? That way, when I forget to, um, you know, like, I don't know, I forget to do the dishes or something, I got, like, at least she won't be that, maybe she won't be as mad. Yeah. Just a reminder of all your accomplishments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I'll tell you what, she never does, is she sure shit doesn't remind me of them. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Hey, so Danny, you got a uh, your gym is out in Manteca, and we're yes, sir. we're from Modesto, so we talk about yes, sir. the two hundred nine um, all the time, and, and just what what it's like being from Modesto. And are you from the two hundred nine or? Yeah, so I actually grew up in Manteca. Um, my wife and I we lived in Modesto for about two years when we first got married, and then now we live in Ripon, so oh, okay. kind of right right in that same area. Yeah, yeah. so grew up. I live now probably about, whatever, six miles or so from the house I grew up in. Oh, wow. That's nice. That's cool. Yeah. Who's your favorite sports teams? Oh, well, the A's. Town business, okay, baby. Uh, 49ers and, uh, and the Warriors. Nice. Okay, okay. We might have to bring that back a little later in the episode, but oh, I love yeah. the A's. Let's go. Okay, all right. Cool. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your time after you know college and getting started and how you got into CrossFit and caffeine and kilos. Yeah, so I always played sports as a kid. My parents had me playing every sport um, they could basically, just kind of, just rec league stuff mostly. Um, But, you know, baseball, soccer, um, did a few basketball camps, not a ton of basketball, and and just all kinds of different stuff. And then as I got into high school, I was playing soccer. Wrestling actually turned out to be my best sport. Um, and then I did track and field, right? Um, I threw discus and pole vault were kind of my, my best things there um, with track. So that's kind of my mostly athletic background. But I was uh, fortunate to where my strength conditioning coach in high school for track, uh, he actually kind of knew weightlifting a little bit. Um, now, when I say a little bit, I mean like a little bit. But the point <laughs> is that when I, when I graduated high school, I knew like, okay, this is a snatch. This is the difference between a power snatch and a hang snatch. This is the difference between a power clean and a hang clean. And so just kind of knowing even that base levels is a lot more than a lot of people get, right? Um, So there was that. Then I go to college. I went to school to be a PE teacher. And when I was, I just graduated, or maybe I was in my last year of college. Um, Anyway, when I was, maybe I just graduated, I think, anyway. 
uh, one of my buddies who was a firefighter started doing CrossFit. And he just tells me, we were like, we were like gym buddies. He's like, hey, dude, you got to fucking try this thing. Like, it's great. And so I was like, all right. So I gave it a go, and it reminded me of wrestling practice. Yeah. I'm like, man, this is great. Like, it's, it's hard, but it, you know, makes sense. We're doing things like the power cleans, which I like. Um, and I get, I, if I feel like I did during wrestling practice when I was in the best shape of my life. Mm-hmm. So I was coaching wrestling, teaching PE, and just kind of started doing CrossFit. Um, and then from there, I ended up uh, meeting up the guy who had just started a CrossFit gym that was just... Um, whatever, 20 miles from my house or so. He was actually a PE teacher as well. Nice. So we start talking. Um, he had just started the gym, and he had a business partner who wasn't really doing much with it and kind of needed some, some help there, someone to kind of take some of the classes and that type of thing. So I ended up going into the gym with him. So like right off the bat, they just moved out of his garage in their first building, and then um, myself and another guy went in as uh, owners in that business as well. So doing that, teaching PE, um, and then started competing in weightlifting um, and got to lifting kind of at a national level, so competing in national championships, a couple top ten finishes, that type of thing. And then we uh, decided that we wanted to, me and a, a, another couple guys, decided we wanted to host a weightlifting meet that actually pays weightlifters yeah. who are trying to go to the Olympics, and let's get all the best weightlifters in the country to come and do this meet. And we'll uh, give them a cash prize, we'll put them in front of a crowd, and you know, it'd be fun. And then that was basically ended up being the launch party for caffeine and kilos. Um, so, awesome. that's so uh, kind of a, a, that's a very long story made only moderately long. <laughs> well, one thing you touched on during that was, uh, getting involved with obviously weightlifting as a, at a competitive level. So what are some perhaps behind the scenes stories that maybe you've had happen with competitors other than yourself or even with yourself that's like happened right before competition that most people wouldn't know about oh god i don't know man it's like okay so when i first started weightlifting also i was uh lifting for um california strength and so california strength is one of the top weightlifting gyms in the country if not the top weightlifting gym in the country and they train athletes from uh, all different walks of well all different sports i should say so they have a, a olympic weightlifting team which is, that's where I was on the team. But they also, like, train a bunch of NFL combine prep kids, and they have, you know, MLB players, NBA players, a ton, tons of, and dozens of guys that are currently in the NFL go there during off-season training still and all that. So the, the environment at this place is very unique. Uh, people say, like, there's something in the walls. And it's for sure, man, like, you, when you walk in there, it just feels like if you're going to be working out here, like, you're fucking, you're going to put out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Like, nobody's just, no one's going through the motions there. You know it before you even, before you touch a barbell. So, when I first started training out there, the weightlifting team was, uh, YouTube was kind of just getting popular. It's like 2010, and their YouTube channel was taken off because they had this cast of characters um, who were really good weightlifters. Like, there was, when I first started out there, there was two guys on the team that were national champions. Like, oh, those guys both just won nationals. And then there's a third guy who was still a junior lifter, and he was a junior national champ and had the junior American record, right? Oh, wow. So you're out there with these guys. Like, on any given day, someone might, like, snatch the American record barefoot, <laughs> right? Like, shit like that's what was going on. Uh, there was, like, there were some fist fights in training, um, uh, a couple of the guys on the team, like, were smoking cigarettes. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, 
<laughs> and so they would like, <laughs> it was just like, I remember like picking me up. We were like, hey, we got to go get a coffee or whatever. Go to Starbucks. All right. So I hop in his car and then he's just like banging heaters um, on the way to and from the coffee shop and before training, you know, like the, the between snatch and clean and jerk. They'd like go out the back door into this alley behind the gym and smoke some cigarettes. And like, this is 2010, 2000. Yeah. It's not like this is the fucking forties, 1940s, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just that's just how it was out there, you know. And um, it was uh, the walls were kind of fucked up because um, basically, like things would happen. Um, as far as sometimes someone would like get upset and punch the wall, and there's a hole in the wall. And then sometimes it was like a bar would hit something weird and go to fucked up angle and put a hole in the wall, or bodies would go through the wall occasionally. Oh. Um, and so. This just kind of, this just, but this isn't uh, necessarily all weightlifting. This is just what it was like, Cal Strength 2010 with uh, Glenn Penley was a coach, and he was, you know, arguably the, the most popular and, and most decorated weightlifting coach at that time, um, or one, one of them anyway, uh, you know, in the world, really, especially in the U.S. So it was, um, like, in particular, one time uh, we were doing... What's it? Yeah, what I'm thinking. What time we're doing cleans? This is a good one. No cleans off the blocks, and I actually do pretty well off the blocks. But there's this guy on the team, Spencer Mormon, who uh, was an American record holder in the cleaning jerk at the time. Like he had the junior American record, and he was bad off the blocks though. Like he just couldn't. He just struggled going off blocks. So we were actually training together in the same bar, and he's much stronger than I am. Um, I mean, he probably clean and jerked. I think my bet he's my best ever is like twenty five or thirty kilos under his best ever type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, pretty, but that day we were like pretty much neck and neck off the blocks. Well, he's all frustrated and pissed off, and so he goes to uh, take the weights off the bar. He's done. So, um, just in case someone's not totally doesn't know what I mean when I say off the blocks, so there's um, about a foot off the ground. There's like a little a box, a wooden box. It's a foot off the ground, and the bar is on top of that, like the weights are on top of those, right? Mm-hmm. So you stand between these boxes and then do a plate. So he jumps up onto one of the boxes, so he's like straddling the plates, the weight plates, and he's like throws these weight plates behind him off the bar, right? Oh. Like he's standing on the box facing the barbell, throws these weights off the bar, and then, and there's like 100 and whatever, 80 kilos on this bar, so it's like you're talking, there's like yeah. three three 25 kilo plates so like that's like whatever you know 80 pounds of uh, 90 wait whatever get the point fucking head so he throws throws the weights off the bar a couple hundred pounds it's like 100 pounds or more throws it off then he jumps to the other side and he's all frustrated so now he's standing on the other side so one into the barbell has no weights on it then he's straddling a side that has you know whatever 100 kilos like 200 pounds worth of weights on it and he goes to throw the weights off, and they don't make it off the end of the bar. They, like, catch the very end, and so it makes, like, a catapult. Oh. And so the empty the the barbell flew, flung straight up. And it was like a cartoon stepping on a rake. Yeah. Oh. Right? Except for, you know, much more metal, yeah. metally. But, so the, that's like the weights catch the edge of the blocks, and this barbell comes flying up. And the, the corner of the barbell, like the ring of the collar, hits him right in the forehead. Oh. And uh, I thought he was going to fucking die. Like, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. shit, that's that, you know. Um, 
Did he go like, down right away? Nah, he's like took a knee and he grabbed his head and he's like, ouch. Uh, <laughs> that's quite the scene right there. And so then he like goes in the bathroom and tries to get it to stop bleeding. And then comes out like 15 minutes later once he's got the bleeding under control. And he's got this, you know, this goose egg the size of a fucking golf ball on his forehead. And uh, Glenn says, all right, Spencer, make sure you finish your squats up now. <laughs> and so he had, he had to load up a bar and, like, had to do his whatever. It's like, fucking five by, five by five back squats. His forehead's fucking bleeding all over his face. <laughs> but you got to get these, got to get those reps in. Like, just because you, you act like a... Like a dumbass doesn't mean yeah. you get out of your squats for the day. Well, I'm tired. Doesn't get you out of your squats, bud. That's that's right. Yeah. So anyway, that's there, there's that type of thing. Um, I don't know. So it's a competitive environment, know. right? You guys are just like trying to outdo each other back then all the time. So how we trained on that team is those. There's a Bulgarian style background. It's so like the Bulgarian system is like you max out every day, right? You actually max out seven times a day. Is how they how it works, uh, and so Ivan, yeah. So Ivan Abijev is the Bulgarian weightlifting coach from the '80s. They broke like every world record, and his theory was uh, adaptation. So if you sit in the sun, you get a sun tan. If you stay in the sun too long, you get a sunburn. Well, then he's like, "Well, what happens if you stay in the sun for like seven days?" It's like, "Well, you're either gonna walk away with leather skin, or you're gonna fucking die." And he's like, all right, so you take that, that theory, um, and then you match that with another, another one of his theories, which is if you want to get good at something, that's what you do. And so he believed weightlifters should only be doing weightlifting. So you snatch, you clean a jerk, and, like, you do some squats, and, like, maybe some pulls, maybe. And that's kind of it. Like, that's what you need to be doing, and you need to be maxing them out every fucking time you touch the bar. And Jeez. so that's like a... a of you know rough strokes on the Bulgarian method, so um, the owner of Cal Strength wanted to get good at weightlifting and wanted to like make a shot at the Olympics. So he actually went to Bulgaria and convinced Ivan Abijev to move to the United States um, to train him and some of his friends like in his garage. Um, so uh, I never trained under Ivan Abijev, but some guys on my team had, and Dave Spitz, the owner of California Strength, uh, had, and so. Glenn Penlay, the coach, his theories um, were not too far off, right? And so there was, it, was, it was like you take that system and then you just, you know, you strip some of the volume out and then you incorporate some progressive overload and stuff like that. And you basically have what our training looked like there. So it's like you would, there'd be a different exercise and you would, you, essentially you would all but max out that particular exercise that day and then, or for that training session, that type of thing. So it's like, any day, like, if you feel good in something, like, put more weight on, right? Yeah. Like, it was, it was a lot of, of just going really fucking heavy all the time. And um, it obviously led to good yeah. results, right? I know it, it works. It works. If, if you stay healthy, um, it works, you know? Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's, so, crazy, that's some crazy shit right there. Yeah. You know, I've heard of that. Like, uh, Bulgaria came out in the Olympics back in the 80s, I think, and just, like, swept everyone away. Once they started right. the and training it, method, right? Of course, they were juiced to the gills, but every, <laughs> but everybody was, yeah. right? Like so, so were the Russians. So we're like everybody was, mm -hmm. and so it didn't really, didn't really matter. Um, and there's some funny stories about that too. Like when Abjev came over, he was like so confused that like Americans can't use drugs. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, in fact, I think at one point someone like told him like, no, like you don't understand, like we can't do that here, like that's not how it works. And he actually looked at him and said, then why do you do this? Yeah, yeah he's like, fuck that, I'm going back to Bulgaria. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nice there's, uh-huh, well, why do you even do this then? Like you have no chance of winning the Olympics. Um, yeah, so, pretty wild. Uh, Team USA or just weightlifting, competing in general, it's all weight class based, right? And obviously mm-hmm. you, you have a wrestling background, so... Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I've been uh, I've been making weight and wearing a singlet uh, my whole you know since I was fourteen. So it's all it's all good. So we, uh, you know, I was a big wrestler younger, and I've talked a few times. You know, we talked UFC or something, and I'll give a little excerpt into my wrestling background. Do you have any weight cutting? I'm sure you have a ton of weight cutting stories, but what's the most weight you've cut in a, like a 24 hour oh, period? God. Well, I never cut a ton of weight. It was always like the first, the very beginning of the season in wrestling, right? Yeah. So, like, I remember, I think it was my senior year, like the first, like the first tournament's coming up, whatever, and I was like 13 pounds over the day before or something like that. Ooh. So, you cut like 13 pounds. But, like, that's like a one time thing. And then after that, I think it never got above, you know, like the eight to 10 range type thing. Because mm-hmm. I mean, once you're in the season for wrestling, like, you have tournament every weekend. A lot of times you got dual meets there in the week. Yep. So, you're making weight twice a week. Like, you just don't. You never, eventually your weight also kind of just gets down from training so hard and everything over the course of the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I've done like thir- 13 or so. I remember I remember because I was working in a restaurant, and I remember like, oh, fuck, i got to be down 13 pounds tomorrow. <laughs> and so I, like, had access to, like, food or whatever, you know, type deal. I was like, oh, cool, cool. I can see, like, two ounces of this chicken breast, and then and then I'll be ready, and I'll be ready tomorrow at 6 p.m. to make weight. <laughs> If that's all I eat over the next 24 hours, I'm good. For weightlifting, it's never been that serious. I did. Um, it's funny. You start weightlifting, you get older, and you're like, oh, it's it's not. So in wrestling, it's always you just fucking run and sweat it out, right? Yeah. And then weightlifting, you don't want to do that because wrestling, it's different because the, the, the other guy you're wrestling probably cut weight also. And, you know, there's a person, and he has flaws, and they're different, and, you know, that type of thing. Whereas weightlifting, like that barbell doesn't give a fuck uh, how much weight you cut mm-hmm. or whatever. It weighs the same mm-hmm. no matter what. You know, it's like there's that good Henry Rollins uh, poem about, like, weightlifting where he's like, 200 pounds is always 200 fucking pounds, right? Like, and that's just it. It doesn't give a shit about you. It doesn't care, like, what you got going on. And so you also you don't want tired legs from, like, running and, like, doing all stuff. So weightlifting weight cuts is totally different it's a lot of people do a hyperhydration um which is weird when you're used to wrestling it's like oh the goal is no water it's like wait now i gotta drink hella water up until like 24 hours before and then cut it out like that's a but it totally works um and then also just like saunas hot baths i would make a steam room in my shit in the hotel a lot for like at national meets Mm -hmm. i would just um just put a towel or yeah, or I would just, I wouldn't even do that. I would just basically turn the, the water as hot as I could stand it and then just sit down in the bathtub underneath it and just sit there and fucking sweat from the hot water hitting my body. Ooh. Basically like a, hot, like a hot tub type deal, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that's, but it was never, weightlifting for me was never that big of a deal because it was, you know, at most it was like, okay, I'm, and I would, I'd then later too, as I got older, I would do like, um, the weight class has changed also, and I, I didn't like um, being too heavy because I'd feel sloppy. So as the weight class changed, actually, the, my last meet I did was at Masters World Cup, 
and that was like the least that weight class was way lower but i wasn't worried about it because i kind of i've so much experience doing that type of thing so i just actually dieted down for like two weeks before i just did actually dieted down got four pounds off just fucking losing two pounds a week by eating less right and then i'm kind of right right there and so i think i was whatever like two 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 kilos over or something the day before um oh yeah it's not too bad i just don't need to drink anything and you should be all right so obviously right now with everything that's been going on the last few months with the pandemic i know it's probably it's taken a hit on many industries. So as a gym owner, kind of like how did everything when it first started back in March to like now, what have been some like steps that you've had to take to make sure that you can get people back in the gym on a daily basis and kind of on the grind that you've talked about throughout this interview? Yeah. I mean, so we had to completely close down, um, which we willingly did. We actually announced closing down uh, like two days before it was mandated because a lot of other counties around us were closing down. And at that time, it was still a lot more you could see it coming type thing, or like you, were, you thought a larger percentage, you thought the death rate was a lot higher. And so anyway, like you know, it's just a responsible thing to do. It's basically it's going to happen within the next week. Um, let's yeah. just get in front of this thing and take the proper precautions and 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 that type of thing. So that's what we did. And then it was yeah, less than two days later, they announced the mandated closure. So it was actually worked out worked out okay. Um, we stayed closed the whole time we had to. We didn't open a day early, but we were fucking ready. Um, and so as soon as they announced the day we could open, we were ready open that day with the whole hand sanitizer, wipe down equipment yeah. before and after we bought a fucking fogger. So we like disinfect everything every night in addition to it being wiped down between every class. Um, and then during the closure, actually, we spent a bunch of money on the gym. Yeah. Um, I, I, we, I got walls painted. We got a new mural done. We bought some new equipment. Yeah. Um, I figured if we're not making any money, we should spend some, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So yeah, those projects that are lingering finally hey, knock them out, you know. And money's supposed to flow, so if it's not coming in, it's got to fucking go out. <laughs> True. <laughs> we're in a we're in a national coin shortage. Everybody's holding on to those pennies. <laughs> let them let them fly. Uh, you know that's all kind of, that's all half tongue and cheek. Really, was like I wanted it, and that's what I told the coaches the whole time. When we open, I don't want it to feel like walking into the Adams family house. I wanted people to walk in and feel like they're coming into a brand new facility. Yeah. So that was the goal, and that's kind of what what we did and how we approached it. Um, so that, that's kind of how that went down. Then once we could open, we were open. We are up and running for four weeks, and after four weeks, it got the no more indoor classes. So same type thing. We said, okay, uh, at noon, the announcement, no more indoor classes. So then at 2 o'clock that afternoon, my business partner in the gym, he was going off to Costco to buy some carports, 10 foot by 20 foot carports and we bought like six of those oh wow um, same thing if we're not making as much money let's spend extra you know yeah. and so we <laughs> set those up outside pulled some mats out there now we have nine we actually have so like we got 1800 square feet of uh outdoor covered nice. exercise space now you know so we pull mats out there we got those set up and people actually been really grateful man like people they're excited when we were buying those like man we were so afraid you're gonna have to close down again like thanks mm -hmm. for doing this and we've we've been signing people up. Awesome. Like we, we're getting we're getting leads uh, cheaper than normal. We're getting more people in signing up. Like it's people want to work out. They're tired of being stuck at home. They want to be healthy. And so that's I mean it's the closing definitely hurt us. We definitely you know lost members during that time. Just from your normal churn, people leave because they move away or whatever. Mm -hmm. And when you can't sign anybody up for three months, it yeah. it kind of 
and the whole time while we were closed, we were doing um, we were doing like uh, live streaming. We were still live streaming workouts for people who aren't aren't comfortable coming into the gym and that type of thing. Nice. Supply so. and demand, you know. When there's no gyms open, everyone's like, "Damn, I need to need to get in it. Can you get there?" Need, need to get in there, and everyone's tired of everyone's you know sat around during quarantine. And um, I mean, look, I, I'm not ashamed to say it. Well, I'm a little ashamed, but I'll say it. Like during quarantine, like I drank, I drank more than I have since I was probably 22 or whatever, right? Like, yep. and it snowballs, I, I man. Think that's it's most like, Americans. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, plus it's like you're homeschooling your kid. There's yeah. like this added stress for that, and you're trying to fucking figure that out. And it's like by the time I get home, my wife's like, uh, would you like a glass of wine? It's like, absolutely. Me <laughs> yeah. You know, and it goes from like, um, you know, you start, it's funny. It's like, it's like it happens with everybody all the time. But it's like, you, you know, it starts with, okay, it's like it goes from one or two glasses of wine, um, like say for three, three to four days a week. And then it goes to now there's like one or two glasses of wine every night. And then it's like definitely two glasses every night. And then it's like probably should have a cocktail before dinner. <laughs> and then the two glasses of wine every night, you know, and it's just like next thing you know, uh, anyway. And we're you like, didn't come here to get fucked down. <laughs> 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 so we're like by the end we we're sick of it it was actually funny we're like we got the gym's got to open because once it, we kind of like once the gym opens up again then our like you know quarantine time's over like the gym's got to open up again i don't know how much longer i can keep this up yeah yeah so I feel like we've been there too and so, so i figure if i'm in that situation and i'm like cognizant of my health you know <laughs> Yeah. Like what? What's you know the average Joe Smo who already struggles with this stuff? Like what? Like he's obviously going to be in a real you know he's probably going to be worse off. What about uh, caffeine and kilos? You guys are all e-commerce, right? All online. Yeah. So we as soon as everything got started going down, we just started shipping coffee free immediately. We're like, all right, well look, going to the store fucking sucks. I don't want to go to the store. I don't think anybody wants to go to the store. So like if we can just if we can just ship your coffee free. Like, that should help you out, yeah, right? Totally. There we go. So it's like coffee and in individual uh, coffee bags just started shipping free, started doing that. And then we – it's just a different mindset. Like, there's – I still feel like there's, like, this cloud looming, like, uh, you know, with all the layoff stuff. And it's like, man, any day, like, just people just aren't going to buy shit anymore. Um, you know, like, you have that kind of in the back of your mind. And so just our whole productivity as a company just – we just everyone just started just operating at a higher level, totally. you know, yeah. and I and I think that is it completely sustainable um, how we were set up then? Not exactly, but you know what? Let's say we were at a seven and we went up to a ten. Maybe we drop down to a nine. Um, it's still going to be at a higher level than we were before. Um, and also over that time, we've it's forced us to like make some changes in the way we operate and the way we do things and actually get more efficient with different things. Totally. So. There's actually been, in a weird way, there's been some positives um, for caffeine and kilos just as far as the the way we're the way we're operating, the way we're doing things, and and that type of thing. So, can you tell our listeners where they'd be able to check out your online store? I know you guys have some badass apparel. Um, you sell coffee, like you mentioned, doing the free yeah. shipping and whatnot. Where can where can they find that? Yeah, caffeineandkilos.com. So all spelled out. Um, so you go caffeine, <laughs> caffeine and kilos. Yeah, there's not like an ampersand or anything. <laughs> So, caffeineandkilos.com. Um, yeah, we got great apparel. We have, uh, yeah, we make, honestly, our coffee is 
fantastic. Um, yeah, we'll definitely be we'll definitely be putting that in the description too, so it'll be an yeah. easy link when people click on the pod. Boom, Danny. What, awesome. You got like Tove mentioned. You guys got some dope apparel. Um, I know you work with Dean, right? Your partner. Yep. Does he? How do you guys come up with like your drops and like what goes into choosing what you want to do and kind of like fitting it back into your mission? Well, Dean is just cooler than I am <laughs> um, and cooler than most people, actually, I think. So he, he just he just knows he's always been really into kind of fashion. And, and he like he's still I mean, he's whatever in his 30s, like he still skates, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. And so he's kind of into that skate um, streetwear scene and just kind of knows what's up. Knows, there's been more than a handful of times where we have this new design that's coming out. He's like, oh, man, like this color, this thing, whatever it's going to be. So we have this design coming out. We release it, and then like a week later, um, like Supreme or Nike or another company is releasing a something that's like the exact same colorway or kind of very similar um, design yeah. type deal. He's like, hey, does it look familiar? I'm like, yeah, it looks whatever. And it's so he's like, he's like right there, sometimes a step ahead, um, right in front of kind of where, where a lot of that's going. And how that all kind of fits in the mission is, is a couple things. I mean, we, we sponsor athletes in uh, Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, CrossFit. Um, and, you know, the, the goal is to kind of help support them and, and do their thing. And then another big part of it is, look, I really believe that um, if you get up in the morning and you're making coffee, um, I believe if you make our coffee, you know that we're a fitness brand, right? Um, you're, you're brewing that coffee. You're using our coffee. You're looking at that bag you think that person's more or less likely to go to the gym and work out that day, right? Totally. Well, by, by drinking our coffee, they're associating themselves with fitness, with that fitness lifestyle brand. So every time they brew our coffee, they're saying like, hey, this is what I'm into. I'm into exercise. I believe in a healthy, active lifestyle, you know? Totally. Um, same thing with our apparel. Like you get up, you put, if you're wearing our shirt, you know that you're representing an active lifestyle, right? And that's, and that's kind of what it's all about. And, and I mean, here's our kind of thing is look like most most stuff that's made for the gym doesn't make sense anywhere else, you know. Mm-hmm. So caffeine and kilos products like just make you look great and feel amazing wherever you are, right? So you're confident in and out of the gym. Yep. You know. Oh yeah. So that, that's kind of the whole. That's the whole mission right there. Yeah, my mom kind of shunned me when I dipped my uh, my muscle tank to Thanksgiving last year, so. Yeah, but it came through with the caffeine. See, you would have had a nice caffeine and kilo shirt. It just looks like a nice shirt. Yeah, like, oh, there you go. Right. No. Last question for me, Danny, because I know we're running a little short on time. Uh, We talked a little off the top. You named us your favorite squads. What's a what's life for you without sports been like? And like, what are your uh, thoughts on kind of these restarts that we're having with baseball and basketball in the bubble and whatnot? Man, the truth is I haven't been watching – I've been paying that close of attention to sports for a little bit, um, for a couple years probably. I, I always kind of have my ear to the ground. I kind of know what's up. I know I, I know how the A's are kind of doing most of the time. Um, I've been following – actually went, well, Yeah. Went to, uh, went to uh, uh, actually with the Warriors, we're in a position where the for a while one of the strength conditioning coaches for the Warriors um, is a good friend of mine. Um, love caffeine and kilos, love the coffee and everything. And so I went to quite a few games for a couple years there. Get that hook uh, up. So, yeah, so I, so I play pretty close attention. But um, with that with that being shut down, it's it's definitely been weird. Like, it's weird. It's uh, 
like, I just don't know. What has ESPN even been showing? Yeah, they just it just kind of came back with like basketball, like they're all in the oh, like two days ago, and then there's games all day long, yeah. right? It's like like they they dropped that Michael Jordan ten part documentary series. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, it's a fucking amazing series. But that was something that all of us were looking forward to every week. Like, oh yeah, shit, we got two hours of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That was yeah, all we had. I think sports are good for people, man. I think it's good to to watch them and get involved with them. It's something to root for. It's something to be a part of, you know. And and I mean, it's just fun. But yeah, I have. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad things are up and running. I think the way the NBA is doing it with like the whole bubble system's good. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you see in baseball, guys are fucking getting COVID left and right, yeah. and so then they got to cancel these games. Yeah. I think basketball has a lot more control over kind of what's going on. Totally, I'm worried You're, about football. Um, I'm worried about – well, football's going to be interesting. Most of the games are outside, so I'm not – all the baseball is too, but it's the guys on – it's the – people are spreading within their own team, right? Like, that's what's going yeah. on. It's not like you're getting a team-to-team as much as it's – although hockey's interesting, right? Like, talk about just being all up in somebody, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was watching the first game when it came back on Saturday, and there was a fucking goal and a fight within the first three minutes. It was awesome. They're way <laughs> closer than six feet. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah for sure. So you but, you said right there on uh, just like sports and competition in general, our you know our audience is mostly dudes like in their late twenties and thirties. Um, I'm always I'm a huge advocate for playing sports, doing anything. Do you have yeah. any feelings or like what are your thoughts on like guys who aren't doing shit that like what competition and sports can do for you, especially as you're aging? Oh man, it just it's well, it's a purpose is a big part of it, right? So if you want, if you're competing in something, if you know you got something coming up, it just changes the way you uh, think about things, right? Like it matters more um, as far as like if you're actually going to like compete in something, it matters more. It's like oh, like maybe I shouldn't eat this, or maybe I shouldn't, or I should get some sleep tonight, or whatever, right? Yeah. So just kind of having that purpose and a reason to train, or or maybe even just as a reason to actually work out. Like even if you're just playing, say, rec league basketball or something. Like, I mean, it only takes a couple trips up and down the court to realize you can't fucking breathe. And so, you know, I think that it's like, you know, a lot of guys start doing rugby basketball and realize like, oh, shit, I can't breathe. And maybe they do go to the gym a little bit, just try and get a little better shape for that. And I think that that's, that's important. And that, I just think that being, again, being a part of team and, and, and uh, doing something with other people is really important, um, especially the adults. It's easy to kind of get in your own world where you, you go to work and you see some people there. Maybe they're your friends. Maybe they're really kind of they're your like friends by convenience, right? Yeah. Like you work together for your friends, but they're not really your friends. Of, you know what I mean? Outside of work. Outside. Of, yeah. And so getting involved with something and and playing sports is just it's an opportunity to, to get around people. Like human beings are are supposed to be social animals, right? We're not really supposed to just be sitting on the couch eating fucking bonbons, watching TV by yourself. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. For sure. Dope, Danny. Well. uh, any future plans? What do you got coming up projects-wise for Caffeine? And then we'll let you go. Yeah, man. Uh, so Caffeine and Kilos, we have a, a coffee of the month, which is awesome. Every month it's a different blend. They all have a little bit higher caffeine than standard coffee. Nice. Um, nothing's added. It's just the types of beans and the way they're blended and roasted. Um, so that's always cool. If, if A lot of times people like trying some different stuff so you can get a different bag of coffee that's from different part of the world uh every month and so anyway that, that's pretty cool well check that out yeah, cat, caffeine 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 link in the description um of the pod danny thanks so much for joining us today and really just getting to shoot the shit and tell your story yeah man thanks for having me appreciate you and we're back 
thanks again, Danny. Uh, awesome dude. Great talking to you last week. Uh, listeners, be sure to click on that link in our description. Check out the Caffeine and Kilos website. They really do have some dope-ass apparel. Support the 209 Hog. Support the brand. It's a lifestyle. It's great shit. Uh, Danny, you're the man. Thanks, Danny. So, Beam, I think a segment that we didn't do for the first time in show history last week was Hog and Poodle of the Week. Poodle and Hogger, for sure. So, Beamer, I'm going to toss it to you, even though I won the one and done. Um, I'm going to give you the honor of picking your Hog of the Week first overall. Wow, I appreciate it. And, uh... I hope I steal your hog pick because mm, there's no way. Me. I'm gonna pick Oakland A's Athletics, not as a unit, but specifically Loriano on the A's. Razor. We're starting the brawl that everyone wants to see. Well, he didn't really start it, but he uh, he basically ended it, or at least caused portion of it. And uh, Laser Ramon Loriano. Yeah, so a little more into that. Uh, Ramon Laureano was basically, he's been a big contributor for the A's. who have been back-to-back playoff teams, even though they've been eliminated in the wild card the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Laureano was off the scrap heat in Houston, and uh, he got hit by two pitches in that game. And he was basically talking shit to the pitcher, who hit him the second time. Um, yeah, and he got hit a third time, right, the game before. Y- yep, and so, I mean, at that point, you're pissed off, and you know that there's got to be some intent there. And the Astros hitting coach, he did the ultimate soft guy, poodle butt bitch move of the century. He was talking shit to Loriano, like, what you going to do? And Loriano ran at the whole dugout. And the hitting coach just stood behind his, his yeah. fellas like a bitch. Way in the back. Caused the fight and then pushed out. And why are you causing yeah. the fight? Hitting coach? Obviously, he's he's used to using technology and not doing his job, so he's actually got a coach this year. Yeah, and worst worst part about it is Loriano's a key contributor, like I said. Now he's suspended for five games because he let his temper get the best of him, which is Cruciano Ronaldo, but the A's (laughs) won nine in a row. They're fucking butts, and we're on a tear ready for the World Series. Hopefully Vince gave us that good juju by coming on the TV test to start the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince definitely gave the good juju, and they've all, they're always been a streaky team. So I, I had faith that they would uh, do well in, under these circumstances. So let's see. You it. gotta, you let's gotta see. have you, faith to faith to faith. You gotta have faith to faith to faith. Hey, who you got right. for your hog, bro? You got my yes, my hog of the week. Um, I don't know. I'm a big time hockey guy, even though my team, the San Jose Sharks, sucks donkey dick this year. Um, Hockey playoffs have been off the chart, and they had their qualifying rounds that wrapped up this last weekend. And today officially started what would look like normal playoffs with 16 teams, eight in each um, conference. And my hog of the week is Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman Seth Jones. And is, Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Let me, let me tell you about Seth Jones. He is one of the best defensemen in the NHL, bar none. Top three guaranteed. And... Today, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets 
dropped the puck at noon Pacific time, and they didn't end their game until after 6.15 Pacific time as they played five overtimes, sudden death into the fifth overtime. And, And Seth Jones, defenseman for the Columbus Blue Jackets, logged 65 minutes of ice time which is absolutely unheard of yeah his team lost but to be able to do that and he was still i watched you know (laughs) maybe an overtime and a half it was on the background but i mean just the fact that dude was able to log that that's a fucking mutant of a human being uh that's a hog ass move you know and six 65 minutes that's over an hour Fucking bumping shoulders, at least, if not fucking getting blown up multiple times. Laying hat, yeah. It's a pretty nuts, pretty crazy accomplishment. Seth Jones, Hog of the Week. Um, I also want to take this time, Beam. Obviously, we talked about Colin Morikawa off the top. And uh, one of our earliest episodes, we we, uh, nominated Dana White for the Hog of the Year. Oh, I see where you're going. Do you think it's appropriate to nominate potentially the front runner of, for PGA Tour Player of the Year, Colin Morikawa, or a nominee for Hog of the Year? I think it might be fitting. I think you're a little off your fucking rocker. It's a little too <laughs> premature for that. Uh, I am now, off my rocker. <laughs> that's a good call. I think we gotta we gotta give him a couple more weeks. We still got two more majors. The full playoffs, but he's uh, he's about to break into the Hall of Hog of Fame uh, nomination list for sure, but uh, not quite there. Let's see how it plays out. Let's give him two or three more weeks. Well, I we say that, that because transitioning into our poodle of the week, um, oh. I've long time been a major fanboy of one Richard Fowler on the PGA Tour, and... Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw on Friday, Richard Fowler went to tap in his par putt and yep. completely fucking, I don't even know what you call it. He made contact and the ball didn't move and he nubbed it and he lost a stroke by doing so. And by doing that, he missed the fucking cut and a paycheck at the PGA Championship. Ricky and Fowler. This- dignity i'm gonna make this statement here and this will probably mean ricky wins the masters i'm fucking out with the old and in with the new colin morikawa fan club right here baby i'm down for morikawa he's a stud ricky did nub it missed the cut by one but uh yeah poodle of the week well deserved for sure uh i got one for you bro you ready for this and we kind of been uh, bantering about this over the last few weeks, but my poodle of the week is going to be an organization. Ooh. It's going to be the NCAA, specifically football department of the NCAA, uh, for canceling the seasons. And this isn't, obviously, COVID is a concern, but they have not taken proper steps into making a plan or anything you saw did you see trevor lawrence's tweet the other day or social media post it might have been on instagram yeah it was pretty well rewarded it was good shit yeah it was well worded for sure for a guy gonna be the patriots quarterback next year 
So he's just <laughs> he's getting ready to fill Brady's shoes. Fuck. Anywho, but he said, uh, you know, having an athletic team to play for is going to incentivize these college dudes to actually take coronavirus seriously, which I think is huge because us coming from a fraternity background or just a college age background, Rage I can guarantee, out. yeah, we wouldn't have be taking it as as seriously as the football players would be, knowing that their uh, season is on the line if they contract the virus or spread or whatever. So, rager move out, rager move out, boot of the week, NCAA, <laughs> like just do some investigation, right? Let's, I mean, we'll see what happens. Obviously, it's not looking good, but do your due diligence. Say due yeah. diligence five times, Toe. Go. Due diligence, due diligence, due diligence, <laughs> due diligence, due diligence. Did it, bitch. Nice. I think that was four, but go for it. All right, dude. Uh, honorable mention for Hog of the Week. I just want to throw these out there. Aaron Judge, nine home runs as of this recording. Dude hits a home run every fucking day. Mike Trout, best baseball player of all time, fucking had a baby about a week and a half ago. I think he's hit a home run every day since. Like, guy's fucking insane. Stead. Um, I, you got any more? I think that's I got, it. I got more. I got two more oh, honorable mentions. Let's hear it, puss. I was coming hot with the honorable mentions. Kyle Kuzma. Oh, that Did game winner is cold. He as hit fuck. a uh, game winner three. Yeah, Third actually, guy on the Lakers. That that play design was so filthy. He was having a good yeah. game. I actually caught that one, and um, they. It's like no one suspects the fullback. No one suspected Kyle Kuzma, and yep. he got a. He, he did it. That was good shit. Wide open, Jada, and the other one, Vladimir Put- uh, Putin. Putin. Rasputin. For, uh, Rasputin. Vladimir. Good old guy, Vlad. He rushed uh, 1982 back in Moscow University, but uh, did he rush Delta Sig? Gets more tail than Christian Bale. <laughs> Yes, he did. Uh, no, claiming <laughs> they got they got the COVID vaccine, even though it's like not not fully tested yet. He's just throwing the claim out there, just dropping dropping the D on the rest of the world. So he's just throwing a fucking claymore like me on Call of Duty when I went thirty and zero on Sundays <laughs> one time. Fucking claymore and dick. <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not a gamer, but I knew that was a gamer word. So I'm not a sports <laughs> guy, not a gamer. <laughs> I don't like I don't like beer or white claws. Leave me be. <laughs> the people that play Modern Warfare 2, they know it where we at. But anyways, with that being said, I'm Toph. He's Beam. We out. Peace.